Christian Revelations is a completely free podcast for the new Christian looking to learn more about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how to implement His teachings in our lives and the world today. And for the older Christian looking to dig deeper into the Word of God, edification, and the fellowship of the body of Christ. And now our host, Pastor Robert. Before we get started, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you for this fellowship. Yes. I would like to thank you for your church. Mm-hmm. How no matter where we are, as long as our hearts and minds are set on you, you are there with us. Yes. I thank you for the gift of your son and the salvation that we have as we seek him, as we love him and as we worship him. Thank you for all you have done for us, all the answered prayers and all the prayers that will be answered. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This morning we'll be reading Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Today I want to talk about Jesus. When I was told to start reading the Bible and told to start going to church, I was given a foundational understanding that sometimes I think people overlook in their quest for the confusing doctrine. Um, I think people need to seek Jesus more often. Before we get to Acts, Many of us have felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit, and it has led us to Jesus. When we are children, we are drawn to him on Christmas. And Easter, for me, honestly, was about the no school and the toys. But for other children and families, it was an understanding and the true meaning of those holidays. We are taught first and foremost about Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, and resurrection, and what his sacrifice means to us. Some of us are led to Christ in our later years and have a dramatic transformation, not unlike Paul. Many are presented with the good news of the Gospel of John, and they learn about Jesus Christ through this little handout that gives us a clearer picture and understanding of who Jesus was and how he spoke. Others of us are drawn by friends and family leading us to church and we are led to faith and our Lord and Savior through worship and fellowship. No matter how we are led to our faith or how we come to find our way to church, it is always centered around Jesus Christ and is always the foundation of our faith. Jesus is the linchpin of our faith. He is the tie that binds. He is the glue that keeps all of us together. Without Jesus, we would not be here right now. Without Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, there would be no salvation, no freedom from the wages of sin, and no Christianity. There cannot be Christianity 
without Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone of our faith. Since ancient times, builders have used cornerstones in their construction projects. The cornerstone is the principal stone that is usually placed in the corner and it guides the workers in their course. The cornerstone was usually one of the largest and most solid of stones and always was the most carefully constructed stone in the building. The Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone that his church would be built upon. He is foundational. Once the cornerstone was set, it became the basis for determining every measurement in the remaining construction. Everything was aligned to it. As the cornerstone of the church, Jesus is our standard of measure and alignment. Acts 4, starting in verse 10, says, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, the principal part of our foundation. If our foundation is flawed, our building cannot stand. We should always be focusing on the true essentials of Christianity. The Apostle Paul also uses a cornerstone method which is based on the actual stones used to construct the physical temple. The stone was 45 feet long and weighed over 600 tons. The stones of the temple were perfectly cut to fit together with the chief cornerstone. The load-bearing and most important part of the structure was this chief cornerstone and upon it all other stones would be fitted and measured against. God has laid the cornerstone to provide real salvation. We as a church must be built on the chief cornerstone which is Jesus Christ. To us he is many things. The bread of life, our spiritual nourishment, the light of the world, making bright the darkest of night. He is the door, the entryway or access point to fellowship with the Father. He is the good shepherd taking care of us as his sheep, knowing each of us by name. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This means he is the example of salvation, our point of contact with God. He is the vine, the source of our fruit-bearing potential as Christians. He is the king of kings and the I am, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Everything rests on Jesus. People have many questions about the Christian faith. Some have difficulty believing in miracles, especially Jesus 
being raised from the dead. Some have difficulties with the exclusive claims of Jesus. For example, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When it comes to the Gospels, the first, first truth that confronts us is the revelation of who Jesus is. If Jesus was just your garden variety, everyday, average, godly man, his miracles would be suspicious. His claims would be incredibly unthinkable, and any right-minded person would treat any promise that came out of his mouth with extreme skepticism. But if God came into the world in Jesus Christ, like the scriptures tells us, then we would expect him to say and do things that no one else has ever done. When we settle our mind and in our heart who Jesus is, that he is the Lord, the Savior, the Christ, the Redeemer, and the King, and that he is all these things because he is the Son of God, then we have laid the foundation on which everything else in our faith will rest. We can rest the weight of our life, our death, and our eternity on him. With so many different churches existing in the world today with conflicting doctrines, we may wonder why it is important that Jesus Christ should be the builder and foundation of our church. It is because the church belongs to Jesus. Amen. If the church belongs to Jesus, then why are there so many different religious bodies in the world? The answer to that question is simple. Somebody has been building churches when they have no right to do so. Amen. Many religious organizations owe their existence to common men and women, not the Son of God. Many religious organizations teach doctrines that are foreign and contradictory to the gospel. Mm -hmm. If Jesus is not the builder or the truth of the church, then that church is not the one that we find in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that those who do not build upon his truth, not only by hearing it, but also by doing it, are like those who build upon sand. And if anybody has ever walked on the beach and let the waves roll past your feet, you can feel the sand getting sucked out from underneath your feet. Only by standing on rock, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, will our Christian life survive the storms. Luke 6, 47 through 49 says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house 
was great. Jesus places emphasis on listening to his words and obeying his words. Listening to his words is like building on a foundation of rock. Building on the foundation of Jesus Christ means making decisions based on what he would do. That whole, what would Jesus do saying used to annoy me to no end. (laughs) But nowadays, I stand by him. I put my faith in him. I try to make my decisions based on what he would do. It is not what would Paul do or what would Martin Luther do or what would Billy Graham do. It is what would Jesus, the Son of God, do. When we start making decisions based on what we think someone other than Jesus would do, that is when we slowly start moving away from what Jesus would do. Something resembling the cornerstone may be there, but if we do not use our plumb line, our guide, God's word, to keep us straight, we end up with the house that Dr. Seuss built. It is a crooked, unlevel, odd-shaped structure that would not even stand the pressures of a gentle summer breeze, let alone the gale force winds designed to test our strength and our tight hold on our foundation, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 11 says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We might as well face the reality that controversy has entered church life. It seems that all too often we find that churches are now church offensive. We are always on the defense or the offensive. But as an offensive, the fight ought to be dedicated to the revealed truth of and the divine holiness of Jesus Christ and not internal bickering and earthly disputes. We read in the second chapter of Luke that Joseph and Mary lost Jesus one day. And where did they lose him? In the most unlikeliest places in the world, the temple. The truth is, is that we can lose Jesus right here in church. We can lose him in an argument about who's going to be the choir director, who's going to play the organ, who's going to be an elder, who's going to be the pastor. Should we buy a new piano? Should our doors be open during a pandemic? And the list goes on. Because we are human, though Christian, it is easy, like Joseph and Mary, to lose sight of Jesus right in the temple. All too often we find ourselves trying to theologically indoctrinate or test our new or prospective members of the church. We very often find ourselves debating the theological teachings of Calvin, Wesley, and Spurgeon. Why are Calvinists right and Wesleyans wrong or vice versa? And why do they say Arminians are 
lunatics and heretical. We are all too often in arguments about women in the church. Should women be deacons? Should they be Sunday school teachers or pastors? Did Jesus place importance on women and their role in his ministry, or would he have agreed with Paul that women should sit in the back fully covered and closed mouth? What about Timothy and Titus? Did they go to seminary? Did they learn what it takes to be a pastor or an elder of a church? Were they educated as Paul was? Why are their letters considered the definition of what it is to be an elder when they were just a couple of pagans who had no real education from a brick and mortar school on what it was like to be a Christian and lead others in the Christian faith. All of these statements and all of these questions might seem a bit foolish to put into a sermon, but these are the arguments of the church. It is not what would Jesus do or how do we live as and follow the example of Jesus. Everywhere we look today, especially online, we find bitter arguments between people who claim to be Christians. And no, it's no wonder that in this day and age, people don't want to go to church. People don't want to become Christians because they can see these internal arguments. They look online, they look up Christianity online and what do they find? Nothing but bitter arguments about who's right and who is wrong. Why would somebody want to go to a church where everybody damns each other to hell? What happened to love, to love your neighbor or exalt others above yourself? What happened to placing importance on the red letters, the words and the acts and the teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Jesus is who we should be modeling ourselves after when we are confused as to what to do or how to act in a situation, we look to those red letters. We look to what Jesus said. Jesus is the one with the answers. Jesus is the only name by which we can be saved. When did the study of what Jesus said and did become the foundation of our church rather than Jesus himself? It is as if we have built on the cornerstone a straight and level building until the second or third floor, then we just went off on our own. As if the cornerstone that started that straight line is not there, as if it's not part of our foundation. When did the church move from the simple understandings of the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to what learned men tell us what was meant by what somebody wrote about Jesus. Before we continue, it is important that I let you know that we do not dismiss sound and good doctrine. <laughs> the study of theology, especially Christian theology, is not a bad thing. It is the internal arguments the turning away from Jesus because we want to prove we are right. That is what is wrong. Mm -hmm. 
we can't just run around making things up as long as we say Jesus is back there somewhere. Ephesians 2, 19 through 21 says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Paul makes it clear that the apostles and the prophets built this foundation with Jesus being the cornerstone. Paul stresses the importance of scripture, and during Paul's time, the scripture he referred to is what we know as the Old Testament. This would mean that the Bible in its entirety is important to our Christian life. Paul makes it clear that although the apostles and the prophets built the foundation, Jesus Christ is and always will be the chief cornerstone, the guide, the truth, the strength, and the power behind the church. Jesus was a simple man, but he was not simply a man. He is the Christ our Lord and Savior, the cornerstone, the Son of God sent here to die so that we may live. American religious leader, lawyer, and politician, James E. Faust once said, I am profoundly grateful that all of my life I have had a simple faith that Jesus is the Christ. That witness has confirmed to me hundreds of times. It is the crowning knowledge of my soul. It is the spiritual light of my being. It is the cornerstone of my life. The simple fact is, the early church, Paul and the other apostles, traveled to different regions and taught the truth of the life, the teachings, the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The apostles taught the foundational understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which oftentimes, especially from Paul, included the prophets that spoke of the coming Messiah. With what Paul called the scriptures, coupled with the truth of the life of Jesus, the apostles were able to create a foundation for the people to build on. This foundation of the apostles and the prophets was comprised entirely of the truth of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No other foundation could have lasted 2,000 years. Romans 16, starting at verse 17, says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offense, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore I am glad on your behalf, but I want, to, I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. 
and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. The doctrine implies that by this time the gospel had already been taught to the point that it could be followed and it could be understood and that people should defend it from corruption. To go against doctrine, according to Paul, means that we do not serve Jesus. Every reality of every doctrine should have at its foundation our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not the cornerstone, the guiding line, the foundational strength, and the support, then it is not Christianity. The close connection of Christ with Christianity is the most important feature of the Christian faith. If we take away the name of Buddha from Buddhism and remove the personal revealer entirely from his system, the entire doctrine of that religion would be left intact. The practical value, if any, would not be endangered or lessened. The same can be said of most religions. But if we take from Christianity the name and person of Jesus Christ, what do we have left? Nothing. The whole substance and strength of the Christian faith centers on Jesus Christ. Without him, there is absolutely nothing from beginning to end in all its various phases and aspects and elements. The Christian faith and life is determined by the person and works of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we owe our life and character at every point to him. Amen. Our convictions are convictions about him. Our hopes are hopes inspired by and fulfilled by him. Our Christian ideals are born of his teachings and his life. Our strength is the strength of his spirit. I find it funny in conversations with people. I always get chastised for being religious. One day, uh, me and Randy were out eating, and a, and a gentleman started complaining about religion and religious people and Christians and religious this and religious that. And I said, wait a minute, man. Jesus didn't come here to start a religion. He came here to start a relationship. I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When Jesus cried out in that loud voice on the cross and that veil was split in the temple, that opened us up to have a free and personal relationship with God. It's not about religion. It's not about what you think or they think or she thinks. It is about Jesus Christ and our relationship Amen. with him. Thank you for choosing Christian Revelations. We hope you were just as blessed in receiving the message as we were in preparing and delivering it. As always, we will welcome you back again with open arms 
open hearts, open minds, and open Bibles with your host, Pastor Robert. Blessings to you all.